Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here we go. Check it out. Welcome to So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast that helps listeners create targeted media campaigns and effective public relations. With your host, Rachel Cavapel. Hey there, welcome to another episode of So Stereotypical, the marketing podcast where we break down marketing and public relations strategies in a realistic and relatable way. I'm your host, Rachel Cavapel, and in today's episode, we interview massage therapist and lip sense distributor Kelsey Enix, who talks about marketing two very different businesses and the great book that is leading her into 2018. Plus, a few New Year's resolution fun facts and an insight into how the production team of Page Sculptor Studios spent their New Year's Eve. from So Stereotypical and the production team of Page Sculptor Studios. We are excited to welcome 2018 and all the personal and professional adventures ahead. A New Year superstition states that what you do on New Year's Eve will reflect what you do all year. I keep that in mind when I make plans, even though that superstition has yet to completely pan out for me. In the past, I have gone to bed before midnight, gone running with friends, and hung out with my husband. This year, I ran a Pathfinder game for my friends and then had a celebratory drink with my son at midnight. It was a night filled with great imagination, many humorous moments, and deep discussions about our individual perspectives. I will be happy if the rest of 2018 follows suit. For Kelsey Enix, our guest on today's podcast, 2018 is about moving out of one's comfort zone as it pertains to marketing her two businesses both of which require different approaches to customer interaction and growth. I'm here today joined by Kelsey Enix, owner of Golden Heart Massage and independent marketing of Pretty Lippy. Two businesses, but they're kind of different. They're very different. (laughs) So, first of all, let's talk about um, Golden Heart Massage. Okay. And... Give a little bit of a history as to why you went that direction. I mean, people say massage. Oh, it's pretty obvious what I do. But let's talk about the why and the history of it. Because you are how many years in business now? So uh, January will mark seven years for me as massage therapist. And I love my my love. I love my start story because actually both of my businesses, I can credit to my best friend, Bailey Carlson. Which I'm going to make her listen to this podcast just to hear that. Um, And when I was in, uh, so years and years ago, I danced. I did ballet, jazz tap. And we would sometimes do these massage circles. And everyone always was like, oh, you have such a knack for this. Whatever. (laughs) So uh, during high school, I was really interested in psychology. I really loved um, talking to people one-on-one, helping them work through things. And um, I also was fascinated with human anatomy just because of my dance background. The human body fascinated me with what it's capable of doing. So I had no idea where to go with that. (laughs) And one day um, I'd gone to a few colleges and I was back home, just kind of a Jill of all trades. I, I worked any job and I was discussing it with my best friend and she's like, well, you were always pretty good at massage. Like, why don't you give that a try? Cause it kind of combines all the interests that you have. And I was like, well, that's not a bad idea. 
So I started seeking out massage therapists that I knew, asking them, you know, where, what schools do you know of? What advice can you give? And I chose to do my schooling at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy after Bailey moved to Boulder, told me how awesome it was. <laughs> she actually went to the school for me. <laughs> and um, she was like, Kelsey, this school is amazing. You'll love it here. She's much more hippie than I am. I loved it, but she loved it more. And, um, that's kind of just how I got started was it truly was a, a blend of all of my interests. And I, my family is all lawyers, but I, for some reason knew I was a black sheep and did not want to pay for real college. <laughs> my words, not theirs. <laughs> um, when I looked at the cost of psychology degree and just how long I'd have to be in school and just the market for it in my hometown, it just wasn't adding up. So I decided to, go a different direction and it's been awesome. It's pretty competitive in massage here. So it depends. Um, my school did a really fantastic job of making sure we learned the business side and I will, it was the most boring class I've ever been in, but it's by far the one that has yielded the most gains for me. So my teacher, um, really made sure we understood and had an idea of what demographics we wanted to focus on. So I knew my interests lied with dancers, mm -hmm. people who were athletic. And I also just logically took the prenatal and postpartum uh, courses as well. Cause I was like, it doesn't make sense to have a client establish a relationship. And then as soon as she gets pregnant, I have to send her elsewhere. So I kind of stuck with those interests and those modalities. And then when I came home, I knew I didn't want to do a spa. I really believed in, uh, it sounds hokey, but the healing <laughs> aspect of massage, not so much in a like essential oil and crystals kind of way, just in a, a literal recovery for athletes even. Mm -hmm. So I started working right away at a chiropractic office because it made sense. They gave me a clientele. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough that the pay was um, in my favor. It was 60-40 split percentage wise. Most massage therapists in this town get 50-50 or 40-60. And I was able to be in control of my schedule. So I knew how many people I wanted to see a day and I knew how much money I wanted to make a day. So I did the math. <laughs> That's how much I worked. <laughs> so um, it wasn't competitive and I feel so kind of, I don't know, I, I'm really lucky and I'm really blessed in saying that it wasn't difficult for me because I just happened to step in with the right kind of training. I went to a school that was literally called the Harvard of massage school. I knew in a small town, you have to be a step above the rest in order to stand out. And our town is built on word of mouth. So <laughs> you have to be good at what you do for people to come to you. Um, so right away I started getting just responses of how, you know, I could do treatment styles that other people weren't used to. I was the only one who could do truly deep tissue that they'd been looking for. and. Yada, yada, yada. So I worked there for five years before I decided to branch out into a, the part-time private owner mm -hmm. business. So I, I, I think I lost your question at some point. No, actually, you, you answered it just wrong. <laughs> You're not used to me not talking. I'm not used to you not talking. Oh my God, Rachel, this is so weird. <laughs> That's actually going to stay in the podcast. Because one of my listeners actually wrote me and said, you need to stop talking so damn much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's very 
very disconcerting, just so you know, if you know Rachel. <laughs> so when you did go um, part-time, are you, you're still part-time, correct? I am still part-time, but as of September of 2018, once I get back from my maternity leave, I will be only a private business. Oh, will you? I'm finally stepping away from... <coughs> working at an office and working for myself and I'm just going to work for myself. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's been seven years coming. <laughs> so what has changed that's allowed that? So what allowed me to have the, um, the push to start my private office was there is a news miner, daily news miner, uh, newspaper in town. And I had no idea they do this, but in 2000, oh Lord, 14, um, I got a phone call or someone came into the office and said that I had won the reader's choice award for best massage therapist in town, or I had been nominated. Sorry. I had been nominated. And I was like, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. What, how, how did I get nominated? I still to this day don't know how I got nominated. I don't know how that process works. <laughs> But it was three massage therapists in town, and I was one of those three. And then the voting went on for like a couple months or so, and I ended up getting first, which was astounding to me because I had done zero marketing for myself. I only worked at a chiropractic office. I had no idea about any of the private office um, future for me. So after winning that and paying the fee to advertise I'd want for that. Um, I just kind of got to thinking with my husband that, wow, people are talking about me and I don't even know. And clearly it must be good things because, you know, they nominated me. <laughs> so um, I got to thinking of now might be the perfect moment. Everything's aligning for me to try my, my, work at a private level. So, um, my mother owned a building called the artisan's courtyard and my sister is an esthetician there. And she had a small private room that she didn't use every single day. So we worked it out together that the days she wasn't there, um, it was still, she used a massage table for her services. We just took the wax out <laughs> and <laughs> rearranged the room a little bit. And I started working two days a week there at a private office. And that's when my, um, my journey into marketing truly began. So that was what changed was that winning that was like, oh my Lord, people are talking about me and I actually have a shot at doing something different. I kind of never dreamed of it, but then when it was a reality or something that was possible, I was like, I want this. <laughs> now you've won multiple years, correct? So yes, I won. Okay. I've, I've won three times. I won first place. The following year I got second, but I was actually more proud of that because that year, um, it was a write-in. Whereas before it was only the people nominated you could vote for. So the second year was a complete write-in for massage therapy. And I was way more proud of second place because it was, I was competing against everybody. And then this year I won first place again with Ryan. So I was just very honored that my clients were speaking so well of me and people were supporting me so much in a way that they didn't have to, they truly didn't have to vote at all. Most people in this town look at those stuff and they're like, eh, it's 
So the fact that people were voting was so, so, so wonderful. <laughs> so how do you take advantage of that? So I have... I've really learned my lesson in you don't give away your services for free. And it's something that um, there's been one girl, she's so sweet, she reached out to me and asked me to mentor her. And I was so honored to have, have someone watch, to learn from me. But that was one of the things I told her is like, never give your services away for free unless it's like, we've had a couple things in this town where it was a donation drive for families whose homes had burned down or fundraisers. And in that case, I would give a free massage for them to bid on or that kind of thing. But when it came to just marketing, I would do um, discounts on rebooking or I would do referral discounts. So anything that got me them in that door again or someone else in that door again was worth me eating 10, 15 bucks mm -hmm. because overall the money added up. And it was just one of those, it is good customer service to do those re referral reward programs, but I also have to be cautious that I am not, you know, giving away the cow. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so that's what I've learned uh, is just to find ways to market and yeah, still bring in more people, but still give that customer service reward, that loyalty reward almost. So I've been really, um, really shocked at how well that's worked. <laughs> so what is your approach to social media for Golden Heart? Oh, it's very <laughs> intermittent. <laughs> I'll call it intermittent. <laughs> but I mean, the response is great. I know. It and, is. and I'm going to bring up this one or two certain instances. <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I schedule mine every other, you know, week. Yes. <laughs> but... I remember distinctly, you're like, I have a cancellation, like might have been that afternoon or something yeah. and like the boom responses. Yes. <laughs> so kind of talk a little bit so about that. So my social media, um, when I started my private office, I, shoot, I only had seven massages a week to, to book. And most of that I booked through word of mouth, my friends, family. And then I finally made a business page on Facebook for Golden Heart Massage. And I realized I am not very dedicated to my business page, but I would always try and make my content entertaining or informational, educational. Education is boring though. <laughs> I'll give you that. No one responds to that. But I started realizing at my chiropractic office when I worked there, if I had a cancellation, I couldn't use my personal or my, my private business mm -hmm. um, Facebook page because it was cross it was, you know, it was cross referring too much. I wanted to keep my private business over at the courtyard. So I would just hop on my personal page and say, Hey guys, I know one of you has been begging me for a massage. I can't remember who it is, but one o'clock call this number and it's yours. First come first serve. I kind of learned my lesson with people being like, Ooh, I'll take it. And then I would have to mitigate that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're on your phone on Facebook. <laughs> Dial the phone to this number to get the appointment. <laughs> so um, I've had some times where yeah, it was this like horse race for people to get into that appointment. <laughs> and then I've had other times where just no one booked and it's like, you know what, that's okay. I kind of need a break. So I'm just gonna take that hour to turn up the heating pad and go take a nap. <laughs> I've done that too many times. <laughs> so when you uh, go full time in private practice, do you think that will change? 
So a little bit, yes, because I am going to still be building up my own clientele, but I know this town runs on social media up to a point. And I love Facebook business pages because the uh, marketing, the advertising is so affordable. And the few times I've actually run an ad, I've gotten great responses from it. But my partake to social media and marketing is in this town, it's much better to physically walk into an establishment, introduce yourself, have a smile on your face, offer a referral discount, and hand them something as a thank you. So, because I know I would much rather have someone do that for me to walk in and say, Hey, I'm starting a business. I would love for you to come see me so you can see what I'm about. And here's a, here's a thank you for your time. I would respond to that over a Facebook ad any day, any day. So when you went to school in Colorado, do you think that was different in the big city? Oh God. Yeah. You can throw a rock and hit 10 massage therapists down there. It is almost saturated. Nothing's truly saturated, but, um, there is such a more competitive market. So many of my friends that are still in Colorado because they were from there, they can't live off of their income because they're working for spas because that's the only place they could go to. They go to Massage Envy and it's just the base pay and the amount of hours they have to work is far, far less pay, far more hours than I, I'm able to do. So, um, it's very different down in the States. It's very different, especially since I do not do the spas. I work more in, um, someone called it once a medical side of massage, which I agree with because I love working with people who have been in car accidents, um, prenatal postpartum. Crushed at 40 miles an hour on their yeah, bike. <laughs> people who go bike riding downhill too fast. <laughs> I've had so many people break themselves. It's just like, all right, let's schedule some <laughs> And I also love working with the other practitioners too, the physical therapists, the chiropractors, the doctors. I'm not afraid to talk to them. I'm not afraid to see it from their perspective of why they should refer to me what I can do to help their clients that they can't do in their own home or in their own office and to also not be a little negative Nancy when things don't go my way. Boss <laughs> never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's switch gears now. Okay. So let's talk about Pretty Lippy okay. because that's a whole different ballpark because <laughs> now we're talking about independent marketing. Yes. So I jumped headfirst into a direct sales company um, last July also because of Bailey Carlson. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. Thanks, Bailey. I have great lips because uh -huh. of you. <laughs> so um, I, and this also kind of ties into my dance career where I, <laughs> I know, is it? I'm all, no, I'm only <laughs> laughing because I know what goes into that. Right? So Bailey came up to me or she was posting about, she had this goal because she's a mom of, she was mom of two then, but now she's a mom of three, having a goal of wearing lipstick every day just to do something to boost herself up. Well, her husband hated it because it would get all over him. So she found this product that doesn't come off and it was budge proof, smudge proof. I don't know if I should like say it. Um, just do it. Okay. It's lip sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. <laughs> and you know, I wanted to support her because she's starting a business for her family. So I ran over there. It was New Year's Day. And I only know this because I wanted a red for New Year's. 
<laughs> and I got a red color and I put it on and I was, <laughs> I loved it because it truly was the answer to every lazy girl who wants to look put together, but doesn't want the, yeah, she, I, I don't want the effort of maintaining that look. I want it to be done once <laughs> and done. I don't have to think about it. So she got me really interested in the product. And then like a week later, she's like, by the way, I'm moving. And I was really bad. <laughs> I, was, I might have said some choice words in a text <laughs> because I wanted more of the product. And she said, Kelsey, why don't you just sign up and buy it for yourself? And I was like, okay. Like I, that was her whole pitch to me to join was to sign up and buy it for myself. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> so, um, through that direct sales, I am still learning. I do not consider myself anywhere above a novice level because it is a completely different animal. You truly have to understand so much about yourself to be in direct sales because you can spot a fake a mile away. I can spot when people are being disgenuine. Um, I think I, everyone can to a certain level. Maybe you and I a little bit more than others. We just see through that veil of what is your motive? What is your ulterior motive? And it's, you have to know that in direct sales. You have to know why you're doing it because if it's just to make money, okay, that's fine. But how does that help your customers? You know, how does what you're selling benefit them? So, um, I've had to, figure out how to learn to do all that because there's so far no school that I have found for direct sales. <laughs> it is all reading books and trial and error. And, uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting close. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done a couple things. Um, there are two things that come to mind. One, Esalon, you've built a great relationship with mm -hmm. them. So kind of explain first of all that. So Esalon is actually a relationship that my mother established. So my mom, um, she signed up because she wanted to buy all of these products. And me knowing my business side of don't give away something for free, I finally told her, I'm not selling you anymore. You're buying it for yourself at a discount because I, you know, that's just the way it is. You have to do this. So my mother really got into it and she approached Esalon and talked to them about having a product that um, the profit margins are anywhere. You can buy the product half off and make 100% profit on them. So they were really interested in that. So Esalon, excuse me, is actually my mother's connection mm -hmm. that I have kind of helped her and coached her with and we both learned from it mm -hmm. for sure. Um, there's just certain points where salons are so different because it's just a different environment with your clients. There's such a high volume. So how do you make it still feel so let me spend time and help you pick the right color, show mm -hmm. you how to apply all that stuff. So the S salon is, um, a challenge and it definitely takes a lot of extra effort to show salons how to premiere the product in a way that gets them sales. Now, I guess I have three, qu okay, I have three questions. Three. I hit one. So you hit one. So the second one, um, I'm going to approach the makeover part of it uh -huh. because, you know, I used to sell Mary Kay, so I understand yeah. some of the makeover. What are the questions that women ask when you're doing makeovers? So I did one yesterday, and it was actually a lot of fun. I, um, I had the most questions, and not even in the makeovers I've done, but in kind of just the Facebook forums, of women asking questions of help me figure out how to use this product or what am I doing wrong or how can I do it better? Most women don't know their skin type. 
they don't know their eye shape and they don't know their eyelid shape and they don't know how to do eyebrows. <laughs> your sister can solve that one. Yes. Okay, your sister can solve your eyebrow problems. So that is what I have taught the most. And I really love the makeovers that I do for um, my more mature women who their children are come and gone and they really are looking to invest in themselves again. I love, love those makeovers because they just... Their, their heart just shines through at that moment when they look at themselves. They're never looking for this super glamorous, like the kind that you would go to a beauty salon makeover to get. I usually do the everyday makeovers of this is how just an everyday look for you or maybe something a little more glamorous and I'll show them how to adjust it. But um, that is what I've learned the most is people don't quite know, you know, the shape of their eyes, how to do eyebrows. I've had a lot of people who have overplucked their eyebrows and I have very little to work with. So I'm literally creating eyebrows for them. <laughs> and um, that's been a lot of fun because I am just working towards a makeup artist certification that's within our company. It is not a statewide recognized like esthetician license. It's just something within our company to work towards to get you, the distributor, better acquainted and more proficient with our products. So it gets you out of the I sell lip sense zone into I sell a lot of awesome stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> lip sense is more than just lipstick and. Yes. So lip sense is like the premier product of Senegens. So that's the company's full name. And they also have an amazing skincare line. They have full cosmetic line. They have body care. They have perfumes. Um, they, they just have a little bit of everything, but not too much, which I really enjoy where it's overwhelming for someone who doesn't wear a lot of makeup. I'm raising my hand, even though Rachel's looking at my lips right now. <laughs> They're fabulous. I know. Thank you. Um, they don't go so it's been one of those um, learning all of the products when I started with just lip sense. When I started with just lip sense, that's all I sold. That's all I, that's all I purchased. That's all I talked about. Um, now, because it's Alaska and it's 25 below, according to my phone, I love, I've been using our skincare and it's made the world of difference for me and my mom looks younger because she has been using the skincare. <laughs> you guys don't age. I'm just I know. saying. <laughs> well, yeah, funny story later about my mom and eye cream. <laughs> so. <laughs> now, at the risk of sounding, here's question three. Okay. At the risk of sounding like a stalker, I've noticed that you actually, your lip sense marketing is on a different channel. It yeah. tends to be on Instagram versus Facebook. I have, yeah, I have, um, I don't stalk you. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I just feel bad because I feel like I am, I am really not that great at social media. And I have had to come to realize that. I can do to a certain level, but I really have learned in this past five months or so that I cannot put all of my eggs in that basket because I love personal relationships. I love one-on-one -on -one. or I love, you know, booking hostess parties where I get to meet people. I get to talk to them on social media. It just feels like such a one-sided conversation and Instagram. Um, I've been trying to use it, but it's truly not something that I ever have found myself enjoying. It's like, oh, I haven't posted something in a few weeks. I guess I should do something. But yet I see more stuff about lip sense on Instagram than Facebook. Maybe. I guess, 
I guess I've been better than I think I have been. Because <laughs> I feel like I do most of my stuff on Facebook, but through the, the makeovers I've been doing, that's actually how I've been really enjoying the process is I say, hey, I've done vendor events too. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest thing for me because it gets me new um, contact information for women because at my vendor events, I'm always doing a free giveaway. And I'm always doing makeovers. I'm looking for women who maybe not today because they're busy and they have stuff to do today and they're on an agenda, but let's find a time in the next two weeks where we can get together. I can show you all of our products. There's no pressure to buy. I just want to practice and have some fun with you. And that truly is my motivation. Like Mm -hmm. I, I offer at the end, like if there's any product I use today that you have questions of or that you want, let me know. But otherwise just, you know, go about your day and have fun with your makeup. (laughs) So those have been the ones that I, um, that's kind of more of my venue and that's kind of more of my vein. My Instagram and Facebook is game is weak. I feel like (laughs) I have a lot to learn because it's one of those, you don't want it to just be salesy. And I want to have people understand, you know, my life where I, you know, who I, who, who is in my life, what my family life is like, my, just me, you know, I'm so much more than just lip sense. (laughs) That's just something I enjoy using. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, The reason I actually wanted you to come onto this podcast was because you said something interesting to me. And I feel with the new year, and you'll never not remember this because it was during a massage. Oh, you you overestimate my memory. Well, then you might remember. You were talking about how you were, I'm not sure if you oversee these people, but you were discussing with other independent marketers that they needed to get out of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And so I figured it's a new year. Mm -hmm. So kind of expound on getting out of your comfort zone. So there's an amazing book called Get Over Your Damn Self. I'm reading it. I am (laughs) (laughs) And it was written by a woman who is in another direct sales company. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I keep kicking your desk. That's okay. It just makes me mad. Um, (laughs) That's my joke. And um, that book alone has punched me in the gut so many times with all of the those little lies I tell myself of like, Oh, I'm trying new things. I'm doing new stuff. And it's like, no, I'm still doing my comfort zone. Totally. I'm just rebranding it. So, um, that is something that I've really had to work on with several of my, my teammates. So girls that I have personally sponsored and trained, I have to recognize what their comfort zone is and then find ways to, you know, in a supportive, encouraging way, show them how stepping out of that just once is going to make them expand their entire business. Cause my true desire for this business with golden heart massage and with pretty lippy is leaving a debt free life. I want to have a debt free life so I can give generously to the people that I, I know people I don't know people I love people that I don't like, <laughs> you know, trying to just live that lifestyle in order to do that. I have to, take care of my debt, which thankfully isn't huge, you know, psychology degree, student loan debt. (laughs) But, um, I have so many of my teammates that are also, that is their drive. They want to be debt free because they've never been debt free in their life. They've always worked with credit card debt, 
And I have actually gotten on the phone and yelled at some of the girls that I knew were ordering and not selling. Mm. And I said, you're done. You're not allowed to order again until you sell product because you're just digging a hole for yourself. You're going to blame the business. You're not going to realize what the true cause was. And you're going to think this business doesn't work when it, it truly does if you do it in a smart way. So the comfort zones that I've kind of run into are a lot to do with um, meeting new people, talk, wearing the product, talking about the product, and finding natural ways. Sorry, I feel like my hair is attacking my face. Um, finding natural ways to enter into a conversation that doesn't actually have, you're not trying to push the direction of it, right. you know, and, uh, get over your damn self. Rami talks about that, where don't be tied to the end result of any conversation. You know, I have lived by the, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. I want to care about each person that I meet, not in a, how can my business, you know, work in this conversation, but in a, you know, you're a human being. <laughs> Is there something I can help you with today? And maybe that conversation comes up naturally, but I honestly try and have at least several conversations with people before I ever, you know, say, Hey, do you want to try some awesome product? Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've got this great color that I think you look great in. I, I would feel skeezy if someone said that to me in the very first conversation. Cause it's like, Oh, this whole time you've been waiting to say that, you know, mm -hmm. great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so I try and avoid that at all costs. Um, but those comfort zones are still being, I'm still finding them. Like, honestly, my own comfort zones are strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says with the big sigh. <laughs> I know. They're strong. I feel like I have a wide, like, I don't know. I, I feel like my comfort zones are so big that I don't recognize them until someone suggests doing something. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. And then it's that question of well, why can't I do that? Like, there's no reason I, I shouldn't be able to. So I, you know, I'll, I'll eat curry right now. I have not actually finished that book yet. Neither have I. I'm only halfway through. It is hard to chew. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to feel like you don't know what you're doing in your life, read, get over your damn self. <laughs> I'll probably quote some of it at the end because oh, there's yeah. usually an outro after this. Yeah. <laughs> so, my favorite one, my favorite excerpt so far is don't be a prospecting slut. <laughs> I'll quote from there. Oh, yeah. So cool. just stay That's tuned. Book. Yeah, just stay tuned. At the end of this, there'll be a great quote from that part of the book. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I've had a lot of fun talking at you. <laughs> I've been listening. I know you have. It's just so much more of the conversation is usually driven on your end. Because I'm laying face down. And I know you have to speak up. <laughs> well, thank you very much for, you. for joining us. And we look forward to seeing how you get out of your comfort zone in 2018. Yeah, I will let you know. <laughs> In the section of Get Over Your Damn Self referenced by Kelsey, Rami Neustad warns against becoming a prospecting slut. She says, in conversations, less is more. It's like dating. When you start seeing someone, you don't want to show too much skin right away. You don't want to be a slut. It's the same when we have conversations about our business. Don't fall into the trap of thinking. If you tell your prospect everything you know about your business, she'll be wowed by your command of the subject. 
think instead of whetting your prospect's appetite. Tell them enough relevant information to simply get them to take a closer look, to get them to want the next date. On that note, Kelsey also touched on the topic of moving out of our comfort zone in 2018, which is well time for the new year. January is named after Janus, the god with two faces, one looking forward and one looking backward. Appropriate given that 45% of Americans on average consistently make New Year's resolutions. The tradition of breaking bad habits and replacing them with good ones dates back to 2000 BC in Mesopotamia. This topic came up during our final drink on the New Year's Eve when strategic manager Ivan Kavapel balked at my insistence that I do not partake in this tradition. In fact, around 38% of people claim to never make resolutions. Yes, I fall in this statistic, but I admit that I do set defined goals around my October birthday. Ivan argues that this still counts as setting resolutions since it is an annual thing regardless if I do it earlier in the calendar year. My response, the number one reason for failed resolutions is misunderstanding what they're supposed to achieve. Exchanging a bad habit for a good one shouldn't be a short-term activity. It isn't like you achieve this good habit for a certain period of time and then go back to your old ways. There should eventually be a state of permanence in your daily routine. A goal, on the other hand, has a clear start and stopping point. Within the perspective of a lifetime, it is relatively short-term achievable and change as the circumstances change. So my goal setting is different than making a resolution since I will abandon the old goals once I achieve them and set new ones in October of 2018. That is it for this episode of So Stereotypical. Subscribe to our feed on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Follow my company, Page Sculptor Studios, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then sign up for the Page Sculptor Studios newsletter for more marketing tips at www.pagesculptorstudios.com. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's time to go. So Stereotypical is a Page Sculptor Studios production.